Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segretto, Badlands Basil. Huh. Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Boy, we are back after two weeks being on hiatus through travel and holiday week and one guest after another asking to push their dates back into (laughs) late July and early August. So Stan and I had a little bit of a reprieve, and of course I'm talking about the ever-infamous Stan Friedman, my co-host, reporting live out of Hotlanta. Stan, how are you today? Doing great, Paul. Doing great, and hot Atlanta is finally that. It, uh, boy, we've just had a really, really mild spring this year, but I think summer has kind of whacked us. It snuck up on us when we weren't looking, and here it is. It's it's finally hot and humid, the way it's supposed to be this time of year, so who's complaining? Yep, absolutely, and of course, the same here in Houston, and of course, I could let you know what your weather's going to look like tomorrow. <laughs> by the way it looks right now outside my window, which is hot, humid, 30, 40, 50% chance of thunderstorms. So there you what go. is going on in franchising, Stan? Well, I'm going to back up even further than that, Paul, and I'm going to tell you that I owe – I think I'm going to probably put it on Facebook instead of just sending it to you, but I got a look at our good friend Eric Badlands Booker, who does the little theme ditty for us at the front of our program, and and um, I saw Eric on ESPN uh, over the 4th of July weekend when he was being introduced and rapping at the uh, the famous Coney Island Nathan's Hot Dog uh, competitive eating event on the 4th of July. And there he was. I'm going to turn on the TV, and I'm looking at Eric Badlands Booker doing for America what he does for us every week on Franchise Today, um, rapping, in, and he did a great tune that uh, ESPN picked up, and I'm going to share it out on Facebook because he's with us every week, but few get to take a look and see uh, this lion of a guy and what a happy and terrific musician he is at that. So a quick shout-out, and again, a thanks to our good friend Eric Badlands Booker for doing the Franchise Today theme music for Paul and for me. i got a couple other things in the front of the house, Paul, but I think you're one of them, so why don't I throw it to you because you've got some news to share. And then I'll follow back on with a couple more before we bring Marianne in. Yep, and I appreciate that, Stan. And I've been getting a a load of congratulatory messages on LinkedIn and Facebook and voicemail and texting. And I think I saw a smoke signal or two. So those who have congratulated (laughs) me on my new venture, I I say thank you. Uh, And what I'm referring to is National Franchise Advisors. Uh, it's a joint venture between myself and a longtime uh, colleague of mine, John Colorasi. Um, John is a former C-level executive with several large national franchise brands, mostly in the automotive aftermarket. Uh, John and I served as um, executive VP and president, respectively, at Moran Industries together. 
uh, and he served in leadership positions with several non-franchise companies uh, owned and operated by private equity firms. And, of course, as we know, uh, private equity firms are really looking uh, long and hard at uh, franchises. So John and I have aligned to present a resource for franchise brands looking to take their brand to the next level or in need of a, a brand turnaround. And, of course, my company, Franchise Foundry, and NFA are strategic partners now. But with Foundry, we're going to continue to focus exclusively on developing strategies for startup and emerging brands. And I'm really excited because I believe our joint efforts that are built upon this long relationship and a combined 60-plus years of complementing franchise uh, experience, I think, provides one of the best options to accelerate for success for franchise brands at any stage and across all uh, industry segments. Of course, also uh, a bit of news to announce. Uh, I have transitioned out of the position as president of the um, Franchise Brokers Association as we accomplished so much in a relatively short period of time, and it certainly uh, didn't make uh, a lot of sense uh, to try to fill the president's role from across the Gulf of Mexico when the entire team was in Orlando. Uh, it's not fair to them, and it wouldn't be fair to, uh, to leadership as well. But what I have done is um, stayed on as chief development partner, still handling uh, a lot of the business development efforts, helping them with um, uh, sales, bringing on new franchisors, and developing new programs, including our new uh, fran emerging franchise program. So really a lot of exciting things, and I, I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to, uh, to share that with everybody. Well, congratulations to you, and it'll be another chapter, another feather in the quiver for, uh, for you and for those who you serve, Paul. So I don't know, John, as you do, but uh, you can't go back that many years with somebody and not know them well enough. So kudos to you guys. Yep, I'm sure absolutely. you're going to make a difference in the lives of many. We hope so. That's the intent. Thanks. So, Paul, also this week, I just it, it almost seems like the season of giving. I, you know, I do some ripping of news from different sources each week in preparation for the program, but I've never been as overwhelmed as this week in finding so many franchise companies that are in the season of giving. So this week I saw A&W Restaurants Nationwide partnering with Disabled American Veterans to celebrate National Root Beer Float Day on Sunday, August 6th. I found a, a group called Align Life Clinics, who I don't even know of prior to today, but nationwide, they're teaming up to help feed their communities, be collecting donations throughout the month of July. Bahama Bucks partnering with St. Jude's Children Research Hospital, giving back to the communities they serve as an integral, integral part of their culture, blessing their guests. Church's Chicken raising over $350,000 in support of No Kid Hungry. For the second year in a row, Church's has turned to an impressive fund fundraising performance on behalf of No Kid Hungry. Um, and then Tropical Smoothie Cafe raising nearly $200,000 on the first day of an annual fundraising effort for Camp Sunshine in Casco, Maine. You, I mean, these are just muya. One more. I just almost left them behind. Muya uh, Burgers, Fries, and Shakes celebrating 10th birthday with National Party benefiting No Kid Hungry yet again. I mean, we read about it and we hear about it with franchising gives back, but I've never seen such a concentrated week of 
of news releases, and it made me feel like it was just the season of giving from franchising. Congratulations to all of those brands that understand that it's great to do well, but it's even better to do well by doing good. So kudos to them all. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Also wanted to give a shout out to a press release that I've picked up this week uh, regarding my good friend of many, many years, who is Dave McDougall, uh, CEO of Backyard Burgers, as I noted that Axum Capital Partners has acquired a controlling stake in a company that Dave has spent the last five or so years turning around. So congratulations to Axum on their acquisition of Backyard Burgers. And Axum is no stranger to me because one of their managing directors has been a participant at one time in his life in the chicken wing business and also a participant in the Pro Athlete Franchise Initiative. So kudos to my good friend, Musin Muhammad, who is a 14-year veteran of the NFL. Uh, you may remember him, Paul, as a wide receiver, both for the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. And he holds a couple of records in the NFL that have yet to be um, yet to be taken. You know, he, he was a team captain for both of his teams, and he led two Super Bowls for two different teams, um, participated in Super Bowl 38 as well as Super Bowl 41, and still holds the record for the longest touchdown in a Super Bowl ever, um, and only one of three players to have ever scored touchdowns in a Super Bowl for two different teams. So with that kind of leadership at Axum, I expect that, Dave McDougall teaming up with a guy like Musin Muhammad. Um, big things are on the horizon for Backyard Burgers, and we probably want to keep an eye on them, maybe even have Dave on uh, in the weeks ahead to talk more about it. That would be great. Certainly um, exemplifying that type of leadership is definitely going to help uh, in the franchise space and never ceases to amaze me about how many great leaders uh, there are in franchising. And uh, with that in mind, I want to read a quote today. Uh, Being a fairly new CEO for a legacy brand, the Franchise Capital Exchange was extremely educational in preparing my company for both growth and ultimately an exit strategy. The wealth of knowledge and advice from the participating companies was awesome. And that was a participant of last year's Franchise Capital Exchange and our special guest today, is Marianne O'Connell, the president of the Franchise Capital Exchange. Marianne, welcome back to Franchise Today. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be back. Well, it's certainly good to have you back. And uh, for those that don't know you, which I can't imagine anybody in franchising that doesn't know MAO, Marianne O'Connell. I mean, you started as as a franchisee. You had a successful uh, career in building uh, FranWise, one of the leading uh, franchise consulting firms in the space today. You're extremely active, uh, and I think that might even be an understatement in the International Franchise Association, and now the chair of the um, uh, membership committee, which I'm proud to uh, serve on. Um, And then, of course, a few years ago, you went down the, the path with uh, um, Susan, then Black Beth, now Susan Beth, uh, who we've had on the show and introduced the original deal makers. And of course, I'm referring to your acquisition of Franchise Capital Exchange. So I'm going to ask you to go back even further than that. Tell us a little bit about, you know, Marianne, the person, 
uh, take us as far back as you'd like and bring us up to the point of where you are today with uh, Franchise Capital Exchange, and then we'll talk a bit about um, the, um, the, the, the proposition to the, uh, the franchise companies that are out there that are looking for capital. Gee, do you want me to start with it was a cold and snowy night in New York <laughs> when I was born? Uh, sure, why not? Kind of time, I mean, and, so. I, and I know you know you're you're you 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 have some thespian in you, so if you want to act that out, I'm I'm fine with that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but um, as I think I told you guys a little earlier, is that I just did my background and and how an actor in New York ended up as a franchise consultant in California. And that it can all make sense just at yesterday's FBN demonstrating a, a new um, presentation technique called Pecha Kucha. But anyway, um, yes, I started as an actor in New York. That is what I got my college education in, despite my father begging me to do anything else. Um, in fact, he was so desperate, he said, why don't you get a degree in basket weaving? You could at least sell the basket. <laughs> Um, and his degree is what he. Well, I kind of know where my humor comes from, but um, he really did. He get his money back in terms of me being an actor? No, but everything I learned to to be successful in that career has played out. Um, I mean, I did graduate with a degree from one of the um, state university in New York schools. I went down to the city. I did auditions. I did classes. But what I found is that I was good, but as good as I might have been, there were thousands of young women who were willing to starve for their art in a garret in New York with cockroaches, <laughs> and I wasn't. Um, and so I found the next best thing. I found sales. And I went into the fitness industry, and I was selling memberships and running gym clubs for a number of years. Um, but being cold sent me to California, and I came out here, and I did the, the almost a cliche thing. I stayed in fitness. I was a waitress. I was even a chauffeur, and that's where my career changed. Um, I was driving for someone who had a commercial real estate business, and I would listen to the conversations in the back of the limo, and when the client would get out, I kept asking my boss about it, and he said, guess what? You got a head for this. Go to real estate school. So I did, and I went into commercial real estate, and I specialized in leasing. And there, the theater came in because I had to draw up space plans, which was the same thing we did in set design. I knew how to do it. I knew what I was looking at. Um, I had fun. But in 1979, the market really went soft for commercial real estate in Los Angeles. And I was dating a man who was in commercial real estate. So when two of us were in a fading career, we were looking for a miracle or a magic trick. And it came as a magic trick. A man named Chris Friedrich invited my guy to a dinner at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. And there he said, you know what? I've been running this racquetball club in Ohio, and I've been buying these ads. It's called Direct Mail from this company that's getting started in Florida, and it's called Valpac. And I think we can do something similar. And that night, Money Mailer was born. Wow. And 
They divided the world into three major categories, San Fernando Valley, Orange County, San Diego County, and we took the San Fernando Valley. Um, So luckily to get in on the ground floor with that, um, that guy I was dating turned into my husband. Uh, We owned two franchises together, one in the San Fernando Valley and the other in the Coachella Valley, and for that's Palm Springs for the non-Californians. It also meant that we had two sales and service businesses that were 110 miles apart. And the stress and strain of that and other things, so I ended up getting married and getting divorced all at the same time. (laughs) And what that ended up with is that I went to Money Mailer and said, look, I still love this business, but we're getting divorced. And so I went on the corporate side and became their vice president for uh, franchise support services. So we took care of training and conventions and onboarding and new product rollout, customer service. Um, It was a blast, and I learned a ton. Um, But when Chris wanted to go in a way that wasn't good for me, I realized not my company, his company. So we agreed it was time for me to leave, and I went from there over to a little company called Great Clips. Um, And in Great Clips, I was directing the development of Southern California and the Southwest, and there I got to pull everything in. The training was always the acting. Um, I could go scout an area with our real estate guy really quickly because my eye for money mailer and who I could sell a coupon to, it's still there. Um, So I would be able to look at a center and know exactly who was in it and what the traffic would be. And then I could help look at the space and the leases because I had done that too. Um, Had a blast. That is one of the best companies in the world. I loved working with them. Uh, Then I found out, though, something that Godfrey Otute, who had been the COO of Money Mailer when I was there, had said, she's a great consultant. She's a terrible employee because I don't like to be told what to do. And so I left, and I kept Great Clips as one of my starting clients. With Our, our base company is actually O'Connell and & Company, and we rebranded to Franwise. And you're right, Paul, um, six years ago, Susan, or actually seven years ago, Susan Beth gave me a call and said, I'm trying to figure out a way to help people get funded um, with equity, and I want to do this event. And I really didn't know what the heck she was talking about. But she was a friend. <laughs> she asked for help. I had time. I said, let's go. And the rest is history. We are now doing our, this will be the sixth consecutive franchise capital exchange. Well, now it's a great progression, Marianne, and, and it puts you in one of those very unique chairs that not too many of our friends can claim to have had all three legs on the stool as both franchisee, franchisor, and supplier. I've got two out of three, but um, what a unique position and what great perspective it gives you in everything that you do for the franchise world, but especially for the guidance and helping prepare some of these emerging brands for um, partnering up with private equity. So talk a little bit about the conference. Um, how many how many have there been now and what are you know what are the big nuggets I'm sure you take out of each one that you bring to the next I missed last year's 
um, but proud and happy to be sponsoring the program once again this year. So talk about that progression over the years and the transition from Susan and, and the vision for where this conference is going. Well, first, um, thank you and FRM for being a supporter, and we did miss you last year. Uh, this has been an exciting arc to watch how it developed. Uh, our first year, it was 100% Susan's vision, which was fabulous. She was looking for this to be a quiet, sophisticated, serious event. Um, we had it in the Hotel Sofitel in Chicago, and I always laughed that even the colors were subdued there. And um, you mm-hmm. were there with us one year, Stan. And yeah. you, it had that vibe, and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing concurrent education with the investors and with the franchisors, but they were separate. And then the franchisors would go in and they would pitch to the brand, to the investor uh, groups. And we, we kept tweaking it a little bit on what we were going to educate people on. When I took it over, I, the first year, I kept the format very much the same. And then I went to all of you who were sponsors. I went to a lot of our past attendees, and I went to the investment community and said, what's working and what's not, and how do we change it? So the first thing we did is move it out of the hotel. We're still in Chicago. My attitude is everybody ought to feel a little pain. Uh, so everybody has to travel, including me. And we were really helped by Adam Robinson, who's the CEO and the founder at Hierology. He said his building now had private meeting space, state-of-the-art. I flew out to Chicago, saw it, and fell in love with it. It is bright. It is open. It is technologically wired from one end to the other. And it was a very private space. They have three meeting rooms. We get all three of them, and it's perfect. We have one set up as um, our lunch and breakfast room and networking area. Our center room is where we are doing all the education and the pitches, and I'll explain to that in a minute. And on the third room, that's the one that's used on the last day where the investors sit all day and they hear one company Paul, did I drop or did Marianne? I think Marianne dropped. <laughs> so uh, hopefully she will call back in here pretty quick. Well, uh, she did maybe drop. this is the perfect time for me to remind our listeners that you're tuned to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman along with Paul Segreto, and in another moment we'll be talking again with Marianne O'Connell, president of FranWise where they produce franchise manuals, training materials, and strategic plans that elicit bright ideas for franchising. And today we're discussing her other interest as president of the Franchise Capital Exchange, an annual event where well-screened and well-qualified emerging franchisors have the opportunity to pitch their brands to private equity investors who are interested in franchise concepts for investment Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. 
The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach delivering more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team and for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide the kind of guidance that you'll need to navigate them. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, along with their expanding list of clients, at www.FranchiseFoundry.com. Franchising Today, also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and prospective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from your prospects and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified also with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. No long-term contracts, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. And now I'm going to take a deep breath and pray and hope that Marianne O'Connell is back with us. <laughs> yes, I got, I got Marianne back on the line. And Marianne, um, yeah, you are to the point of telling us on the, on the third day uh, the, um, the um, equity people that would be at the conference are in a, a third room. And I got to say, you know, I was at the first two um, dealmaker summits and, uh, and haven't been there since. I'll uh, have to get there in the, in the future. But uh, I really like the direction now that you've taken it um, because I, I felt the same soft tell. I mean, I felt like I was there for a wedding, and as nice a place <laughs> it was, it was very subdued, but it did feel like a wedding. So anyway, yeah, please continue uh, um, go, leading on with the third room. Sorry, that's the actor in me. I had to have this sale no for dramatic effect. Um <laughs> Oh, in the third room, the investors are going to spend their afternoon, their whole day, listening to these franchisors come in one after another. Uh, so in getting feedback from all of my sponsors and my investors and the franchisors that have come, we made some other significant changes. We eliminated the education for the investors. They're too busy. They're running around chasing deals all the time. Um, and we added something the first year that I had it where we asked the brands to practice their pitch. And they had to do it in front of sponsors and all the other franchisors and gentlemen think about it. Those are all their competitors. They're all looking mm-hmm. for the same money. Um, yep. And Stan, you were there. What was your experience in hearing those? I just thought the whole thing was, you know, Paul just metaphorically said something without even realizing it, that he felt like he was at the Sofitel for a wedding. But the reality is, Marianne, you are there to help make marriages, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, nice I just think that it's, we, it's an amazing. Um, well, we had a great time having people practice because if for no other reason, they were nervous as cats on a hot tin roof. They wanted mm-hmm. off. They had never done anything like this before. So we let them get the butterflies out of their stomach. We also gave them some very practical and positive constructive feedback, many of whom would go back up to their hotel rooms, work on their decks, and when I saw them present on that final day, I would say three-quarters of them were completely different and much better, much tighter. So last year in our new bright, cheerful look, we also did the same idea. You come in early in the morning and are sponsored who I handpick. This isn't just because you want to come, you get to come. Um, I send the invitations out. I know who I want because their quality of services are better than none. I mean, you know, nobody is better than theirs. And the other is that their services relate to companies who are looking to grow with an accelerated uh, rate if they get this growth capital. With that, uh, we now give a longer time for the practice pitches with more feedback. And then that second year, we also built on education. We had a a gradual build from the legal of what's going to happen before the deal, what's going to happen after the transaction. Um, We have Citrin Cooperman talking about how the money was going to be realized, and we built it all the way through the different components you'd need. This year, we made another tweak. All of the sponsors were very gracious to say, we'll give free time to coach these folks on making a better presentation. And if you just think of what all of us charge on an hourly rate, the value to that is astronomical. Uh, not everyone has taken advantage of it, but I know I've been getting a lot of calls. Art Coley over at CGI has been, he's been amazing. Um, and we changed up the education a little bit. But this year, we wanted them to have a good presentation before they walked in the door. And one of the tools we gave to everybody that signed up is a sample slide deck, Adam Robinson um, over at Hierology has done two amazing back-to-back capital raises. Uh, He has all the capital he needs. The company is growing ridiculously fast. But he he did a presentation two years ago that he called 11 million in 11 slides because that's how much he raised, and he kept that deck tight. The next year, he did it even more efficiently. So he built a presentation for us, and every franchisor that signs up gets a copy of that so they understand what they should be putting together before they get to Chicago. They'll still have plenty of time to practice it, but we want them to be even farther along on that development arc before we see them. And we're really proud of that. Um, This year... It looks like we're going to end up with about 12 or 13 brands. Um, the, the part to me that's most interesting is the change in the capital market. So the first year Susan did this, and 
I give her all the credit in the world, but she was the person who had always um, gone out and found the investment groups. It was like pulling teeth. First of all, nobody knew who we were. We had no track record in this. It was really hard, and they didn't see a need. There was this wide-open market. It was a controlled um, number of funds in the market. The pickings were easy for them. About two years ago, I noticed that even with us staying with units under 200, I'm sorry, brands under 200 units, I was bumping into private equity funds. I'm like, what the heck is this? You guys don't play in this market. And it turns out, well, yeah, they do now. Um, There are so many equity funds that are being established. They range from the giant companies that are only going to buy the big boys on the block to former franchisors who love the business model and are pooling their money together and putting smaller funds together. But the thing is, there's a finite number of franchises that will make economic sense. So if you're a brand and you're looking for equity, this is the year to jump in. And I would say we, we have some spaces open. Jump in in Chicago because I don't know any other place where you would be able to sit in front of 10 or 15 funds at one time. So even if you didn't get money this year, even if they said, wow, you still need to work on some things, A, they're going to tell you what you need to work on, and B, you just built this incredible network of investors. Uh, so that to me has been the big takeaway, that it doesn't have to be in it that you're going to walk out that door with a check in your hand. That isn't ever going to happen. All you want is a second date. There and you go. Second dates can take you to a lot of different places. Marianne, I think that the, the single biggest thing that I came home with the year before last participating in this program as a sponsor was that as small as the group was and as intimate as the group was, um, was probably one of the greatest things about it. And the combination of mentorship and fellowship and all the esprit de corps that we all know and love as franchising um, in helping to fine-tune the presentations and how each of the, even the presenting companies were learning from each other, just as you said, watching others do what they did and then going back and altering and and getting their pitches adjusted because they were learning on the fly and making adjustments accordingly. And then this year for you to push it out even further and and get them prepared and started before they even show up is just one more um, really real value add and as Mr. Schnell would call it, another nugget uh, to the benefit of those companies that are participating. Talk a little bit about companies who are not going to participate, but the value of coming and auditing and and attending the event in preparation for maybe next year or for even if if for those that may have other plans already or some preliminary discussions in place and what they can learn just by sitting in and auditing this program. Well, this is something that we added last year where we would hear from several companies, and I know a lot of this was stage fright. Um, it was, well, we're not quite ready yet. 
so they wanted to sit and see what it was all about. And we had three companies come last year. This year we have, I think it's going to be five or six companies that are coming to audit. We, we do want to keep a balance. I don't want to have mostly the silent people in the back of the room because the investors are coming to hear um, actual pitches. But, yes, you can come if you are considering this. You can sit in the back of the room. Um, you get all the education. You get um, the feedback. You get to hear all the feedback on the different brands so that you know what to build for in the coming year or years. You do get access to, um, to the information, the contact information from all of the investors. I will say that the investors don't get a lot of face time with the observers because we are really pushing them to make the connections with the presenting brands. Now, the presenting brands, well, let's put it this way, the investors in advance of coming will get everybody's um, most current FDD. They get um, a small fact sheet that each franchisor fills out as to what they're looking for. Then Michelle Rowan and Eric Stites at Franchise Business Review have been supporters since day one, and they offer every brand that's coming a free franchisee satisfaction survey. The results of that survey are shared with the equity folks because that's great feedback, and of course, shared with the franchisors. And then FranNet is doing, again, since day one, Daryl Johnson stepped up, and their company works with us to produce a business intelligence report that looks at each company by looking at its FDD, comparing it with others in the vertical, with others within franchising in general, looking at bench strength, analyzing a brief analysis of their financials so that the investors can get a very good idea of everybody who's in the room. Since every fund has its own investment profile and they are looking generally for very specific criteria, they get to know real quickly which ones are their target folks. Uh, so those are tools that as an observer you're not going to get but you're still going to have all the database of the investors that are coming. So you have some, you have a little bit of a leg up, but I still would think that you need to come in and present to get on their radar. That's just a, an absolute tremendous amount of added value that you've brought to the, uh, the program over the, uh, the past few years. Uh, certainly uh, kudos to you for that because uh, I, for one, believe that's, you know, spot on, and I'm, you know, already thinking ahead what you're going to bring next year. Um, <laughs> I, I just, just a tremendous amount of value. You know, it's it, it's funny we 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 kid around about you know the theatrics, the theatrics behind this and the drama behind this, and I'll I'll bring up something that uh, was quite uh, drama drama packed when I first interviewed uh, Susan. Uh, seven years ago, uh, introducing Dealmaker Summit. Uh, we did it as a special show, meaning it wasn't the uh, the normal event time. And as luck would have it, um, I had power go out at my house, didn't know where <laughs> I was going to conduct it. Susan had very limited time. 
I went to uh, a, a restaurant that I actually have some interest in and couldn't find a quiet space without Mexican music behind us. And certainly I didn't think that was appropriate. And I found a storage closet who, <laughs> uh, which by, by chance had no light operating in it. So I actually did the show um, uh, from a smartphone in the dark. Uh, Susan was as nervous as can be. Uh, I was as nervous as can be, and it went off without a hitch. So that's uh, the uh, initial stages of the Deal Maker Summit. From a, See, from and there's a another great theory. metaphor. We were all in the dark that first Yeah, year. we were all yeah, in but the dark. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's true, but only Paul was in the closet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, and then I had to come out of the closet. Well, you know, we often say that, you know, Franchise Today is definitely a show of metaphors, tremendously <laughs> accurate segue, and intended puns, no pun intended. So, yeah, uh, but really irreverent, quite, and uh, irreverent in every step of the way. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I add absolutely. one other thing, gentlemen? If you've noticed, sure. and Paul, I know this was particularly important to you the first year because of restrictions we put on some of the sponsors. You've heard me talk about the groups. You've heard me talk about who the sponsors are. You're never going to hear me talk about the brand. It has made right. marketing this a nightmare, but here's why we do it. Looking for equity can panic a franchise system. It will go like wildfire. Uh, you will have franchisees who tend to react in, in one of two ways. Oh, my God, the ship must be sinking. He wants oh, out. This is all going to fail. Or, hey, wait, I hear you went to Chicago and you pitched our company. You didn't come back with a bag of gold in each hand. This must be horrible. I want out. We don't want mm -hmm. any of that to happen because it's rarely ever – I mean, those scenarios aren't going to work because, A, no one's going to give you a bag of gold in Chicago. The highest crime rate in the United States. The other is <laughs> – that nobody is going to buy a failing company. PE right. has to answer to the people that invested in them. And as one of the investors explained to me, Paul Drury from Levine Leichman had to sit me down one day and say, always think in the back of your head when you're looking for these companies that the Topeka, Kansas School District Retirement Fund is investing in this group. Sure. Will you... Will this company support their retirement fund? And that has made a tremendous difference in how I let people into this event. And I hope the good people in Kansas know that I'm always looking out for their teachers. But that was a real clear message for me that you had to be careful and understand how equity works and that you are <clears> – <throat> As much as that franchisor is taking a gamble, everybody who put their money into the fund is gambling equally. And so don't ever think that if, if you hear that your franchisor is or did attend this event that they were trying to do a fire sale because fire sales don't work. So it's ironic that you bring up Paul Drury's name because uh, Paul is the, the person that I sat next to through most of the event, um, got to know him quite well through the event, but um, as I thank him again, uh, taught me more about private equity 
um, than any anyone else or anything else has ever taught me, and and I appreciate that. And that that was to me a big nugget that I took away from um, from the first Dealmaker Summit. But it was also Paul that said to me, um, and again, as you had said, you know, a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen that first year. And Susan did have, uh, you know, she had a hard time bringing in some people. And we really didn't know what the right mix was going to be. But Paul had said to me, you know, after the event, he said, you know, um, I see this event going for a long time, but I see the equity players changing because, you know, in addition to the large private equity firms, you know, you've got a lot of them that are starting up. You have a lot of individuals that are spinning out of bigger equity funds, doing some funds on their own, and this is going to be right for them for many years to come. And I think you're seeing uh, a lot of that now. So he was he was spot on. But it's really ironic that you bring up Paul's name out of every name possible. <laughs> and I had a personal experience there with Paul. The investment community, Paul's, Paul, Paul's forecast of that has been absolutely right. We've had some stalwarts that come every year, and some of them are the very big funds that you would know. Those guys tell me, look, I'm probably never going to buy anything that you show me that year, but I'm looking at what I'm going to buy in three or four years. So right. they're coming, looking to, to look ahead, and we're doing a lot of groundwork for them by bringing these companies. There has been a, a lot of churn. Um, you'll see funds just like I think of this as being so parallel to suppliers who, do, who join IFA thinking this is going to be a quick hit and they're out. Same thing, funds come in, they think they know it, and as they get to understand franchising, they don't want to invest in it because they, it's not a business model that they feel they can control. So they'll come and go to our event. Um, you know, they're in for a year, then they're out. But we've got such good ones who really love franchising. And what I'm excited about is seeing we're talking to about four different franchise or brands that are looking to expand by investing in other companies that are not directly related to what they do. They have infrastructure. They have the understanding. They have um, a great bank of um, intelligent executives who can help out with this. And they are looking to start to invest. That's very exciting to me. Um, we have a lot of what, they're, what are called family funds. These are very small offices. Nobody ever hears their name. You really have to be tracking private equity to know who these folks are. They are mm -hmm. finding us, again, because – they don't have to go and do a lot of legwork to see 10 or more companies. They're just brought to them. So it really has worked well. Um, sometimes the groups change. Now, last year was, I think it was weird on the investment front. We had a lot of the big guys coming. I was very excited. And then on pitch day, probably 25% of them weren't there. And it was because deals were closing. And I, so I now overbook the number of uh, funds that are going to be there because I know that if the deal breaks, they're going to have to go. Um, I sure. do compete also with kids going to kindergarten for the first time and all that stuff, but uh, <laughs> we, are, we are looking for a very good turnout. And, and if you'd let me, I have 
I have said some call-outs to some of our really strong supporters. I want to call out a couple more because this would never have survived the first three years without Amy Chang. Amy was the first person Susan ever went to. She told her what she was trying to do, and Amy not only wrote her a check, she wrote her a big check. And Mm -hmm. without Amy's financial support, we wouldn't have gotten through to the point where now it can be fine-tuned and rolled forward. So Chang Cohen is aces with that. Place Cook is with us again. Hot Dish. Dawn Kane and her team, um, they designed the DealMakers logo. They designed the FranWise logo. They designed our original website. They have been huge supporters of us, FRM, FranNet. Jana Bailey and her folks, they add so much richness because they know how to talk to the franchisors in terms of what's going to sell. They know what people are looking for. Um, Citroen Cooperman. Citroen Cooperman has been there since the second year. And let me tell you, even outside of what they do for the brands that are coming, the education they share, Aaron Tchaikovsky has done amazing stuff in helping me turn this into a a different and better event. So um, people should talk to him. He's kind of brilliant. FC Jazz is coming this year. I think I mentioned Art Coley. Jeannie Highland from Highland Insurance. Boy, what she adds to this in terms of understanding all this growth and all these opportunities, but how do you protect it? Uh, That has been amazing. Uh, We're going to have brand journalists with us this year. Um, outside the box technology, they do. We do this whole thing now on an app. Oh my gosh! It used to be Selma Ramey, Rose Shiflett, and myself. And Selma and Rose are with Plan Ahead Events of Tampa Bay. We were handling all the registrations and chasing people for checks. And then Andrew and I met at the unconference that Lane Fisher and Brad Fishman put together. We started talking, and he told me he did the registration app for that. Well, guess what? He now does our registration app. It is all password protected, so no one outside can see it. But through the app, everybody is uploading their marketing materials, their bios, their pictures, anything we need, and you now have the database at your fingertips. So they have been amazing. Um, And then my... My girl who goes out there and I give her the tough job of, hi, advertise, market this, but never say who's coming, is Deb Evans, who handles all our social media. So that is a team, and I do mean we work as a team. And there's one guy who's not on that team this year because he changed jobs, but his insight, his guidance has been invaluable, and that's Ron Feldman. Um, Ron is the one who came to me with the idea of the business intelligence report, which was phenomenal. He has given me great ideas to subtly craft and change this. So without all of those folks, none of this happens. This is truly collaborative on this event. And nothing like the passion, Marianne, that, uh, that you know, just bleeds through every word and your heart space in this is as, as big a thing to its success as anything of all of those that you've just uh, called out and acknowledged. So it takes a lot from you, I know, to produce this effort, even with all the help that you're talking about. But as is most things Absolutely. that you do in life, it's a labor of love. 
and we're real proud to showcase it today. And before we lose you, we want to make certain that uh, we spend a moment or two telling the audience how they can learn more about the event, where they can find out more information, and how they can get in touch with you to learn about participating either this year or in years to come. Well, thank you, guys. You can go to the website for the general um, information, and that is uh, Franchise Capital Exchange, and that's capital with an A, FranchiseCapitalExchange.com. And you can call me at 714-434-1516, or you can reach out to me. The easiest email is info at franchise capitalexchange.com or info at franwise.net. They'll all come to me. Well, Marianne, thank you uh, certainly again for returning as our guest on, on Franchise today. And uh, we certainly wish you, you know, all the best at this event, but I don't think you need those wishes. I think you've got it quite planned out, and I'm looking forward to uh, at least hearing some of the, uh, the highlights without, of course, uh, sharing any names uh, to protect uh, everybody accordingly. Uh, but really, uh, I wish you all the best, and, uh, and I know it will be a great success as it has been in the past. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for the opportunity of talking about something I love to do. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. Well, Stan, another um, great episode of Franchise Today. Uh, next week, you know, our guest is going to be John O'Brien from Poolworks, uh, brought to us by the uh, the people at uh, Bizcom PR, which uh, we're real excited to uh, to meet with. And then uh, the following week, uh, Michael Potts from Gaddy's uh, will be our guest. So we've got um, some uh, some heavy hitters coming on, continuing through on franchise today. I appreciate everybody. Uh, really sending us some really great uh, comments and remarks about, you know, the shows that we've been having of late. Uh, of course, uh, Jimmy John Lee to uh, uh, Gigi Butler, and the list goes on and on, and we've got some more stuff uh, planned for you as we work through the summer and then, of course, back into what we call the busy time of the year uh, as we uh, get to the end of August and then um, we'll be in um, D.C., uh, after Labor Day, um, we'll be in a springboard conference, and I know Stan, you've got a, a pretty hefty schedule as well coming up. I do, and Paul, you know, through all the conversation with Marianne, I don't know that we touched on it enough, but August 22nd through the 24th are the actual event dates, and um, and we should have mentioned too, but didn't. Um, that Robert Crisanti, IFO, IFA President and CEO, and Shelley's son both, Chairwoman of the IFA, will be participating in this year's conference. And again, that's in Chicago, August 22 through 24. And also in the month of August before that silly season that we call fall gets here and things heat up again, uh, we have the Fagri Baker Daniels Franchise Summit to remind everyone about and that's coming up on August 30th and 31st in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this year, Brian's team has crafted the summit around the five habits 
of the highly successful franchise systems. And um, Shelley's son will be featured there as well. It's an annual event uh, that the chairperson of the IFA has made for like the last I can't count how many years. There's no fee to participate for franchisors, so you can learn more about that event uh, by contacting Fagri Baker Daniels out of Minneapolis, and you don't want to miss it. It's another great event that FRM is proud to sponsor as well, Paul. Well, that is great. Well, Stan, uh, it was good getting back on the uh, air with you. And uh, until next week, my name is Paul Segreto wishing you the best, the very best, in this great, great thing we call franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segreto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise Today, sustainable growth, the sensible Franchise today. Franchise today. Uh, Franchise today.